have to start by telling you I am officially old. Right? I'm officially old. Yes, it's true. It's true. I'm officially old. Tomorrow, my baby turns 21. 21. She's an adult. I have no more kids. I am an adult. She's there now. They're all adults. And uh, we had a, a party last night, and, and, and it was great. You know, when Nina was expecting Tori, we just thought that we were going to have a boy. We never even thought about the fact that we might have a girl. Just we're having a boy, having a boy. We picked out a name. And I was playing tennis. And while I was playing tennis, we knew Nina was about to have a baby. As it happened, it was the next day. And I'm playing tennis. I was thinking, probably should pick a girl's name. Right? While I'm playing tennis, that's what I'm thinking, right? And, uh, uh, and so I, I, we came home and we chose the name Victoria. And uh, she's just been a great child. Everyone calls her Tori. And, and I just love her. I just, as I said, I don't have any kids anymore. I just, uh, I've had a lot of adults. And I have to give God praise because God has gifted me with three great children. And I have to give a lot of praise to Nina because they pretty much turned out all right. I guess I'm a bit biased and I should be, but uh, it, 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 I just have to give praise to God for my children. I wanted to do that publicly and say that. So how good was summer? Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, this is the first time I preached in summer. A lot happened there. I personally got a lot from it. I like preaching. I was happy to listen to good preaching, but it was one of those summits where God really spoke to me. You know, a tributary going out to sea can get clogged. You can get clogged with rubbish. You can get clogged with silt. And what happens is it no longer becomes usable or passable. And I feel like what Summit did in me was to blow away all the silt and the rubbish of the last few years and that I'm ready to be kind of like used again in a sense of being passed through. And I, and I just thought a lot about that. God has really done something in my spirit and my question to you is this. Have you dug some wells since summer? On the last night of summer, Pastor Paul Geerling spoke a great message about digging of wells. And that was my takeaway. Keep digging wells. The wells that I've dug in the past aren't enough for me to sustain me in the land that God is taking me and this church into. So I think it's an interesting concept, the concept of, of digging wells. On the last night, he spoke about, Pastor Paul, on, on Isaac digging wells. In the midst of a famine, when everything was bad, like it was a terrible, terrible famine. In the midst of a famine, Isaac dug wells, found water, and because he found water, he prospered. And he was mightily blessed. Every well that he dug, had some issues to it, but ultimately the well being dug resulted in him and his family being blessed. The very last well that he digs is in a place called Bathsheba, and that's where he stayed and where his family stayed. And that well that he dug that day is still in uh, working order today. People today in 2022 are still getting water from that well that Isaac dug all those years ago. Now, before that, Isaac moved about. He was constantly moving in one place to the next as the needs and the circumstances of his family and his family's life changed. So as he grew and as his household grew, he needed to move 
all the time. And every time he moved in the place that he went to, he or his servants dug a well in that place. Those wells sustained him. Those wells kept him. Those wells refreshed and strengthened him. And it didn't just refresh and strengthen him, but his whole family, including all of his animals, were actually blessed because he dug a well. He digs wells in the places that his life takes him. And the wells that he digs essentially keeps him alive and keeps alive his whole family and all of his household. You know, I think our Christian walk is very similar to that. Our spiritual engagement determines our spiritual walk. Without drinking from the well of Jesus, we soon become dry. We soon become sick. We soon become uninterested in spiritual things. And our spiritual walk, our spiritual man comes like he's in a drought and we become unsustainable in our faith. And we start asking the questions, is Jesus really enough or do I need to add something to it? The key to longevity in Christian living is to continually continually dig new wells because just like Isaac, our lives keep moving. We do not stay the same. And this reminds me of when I was a kid. We would watch Abbott and Costello. Does anyone know who they are? Right? They're literally my favourites. We would watch them all. I've watched them all, all of the different movies. They were just hilarious. And there was one clip that I used to always, I just remember, and I want to show you that clip and hopefully it has some uh, meaning for our message today. Let's have a look at that. Bud. 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 I can't see anything. Lo, there's no need of kidding ourselves. We're lost. If we don't find water soon, we're gone. I'm not going to make myself believe that people die of thirst on a desert by not finding any water. I'm not going to make myself believe it. I won't believe it. I believe it. But this is not going to happen to me. I'm going to get some water. Someplace on this desert, there must be a place to get water. Water? Yes. Thank you. How will you Hey, that skeleton asked me to have a drink of water. Easy, pal. It's only a mirage. Don't crack up. We'll find our way out of here and find a patrol. Look, how long can a man go without water? I don't know. I... Water! Water! Oh. Look! We're saved. Yeah. Hurry up. You hold the cup. Okay. Water in the head. Water. Sand. 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 Uh. Look! Pull yourself together. Give me a towel. <laughs> Lou, men go crazy on the desert following mirages. Oh, yeah, but if you don't chase mirages, how do you know they're mirages? I mean, you can't. Look! 
Why, no? Don't tell me. I just saw a mirage. I just saw a double chocolate mirage. I don't feel bad, Lou. It could happen to anybody. It could even happen to me. Yeah. Come on. I just seen another one. Yeah. But. But. Are you sure you haven't seen any of them? No. Uh -huh. No, Lou. But I told you, it could happen to me, too. I ought. Look! Lou! Lou! It happened. Shake the sand out of your ears. Blue, come on in. It's nice and cool. Look, all water, Lou. Nice, cool water. Look, bud. Go like that with your hand. Go ahead. Look, Lou. Look. He don't know that sand. You poor boy, you're cracking up. Now, bud, come out. Let me help you. Oh, boy. <laughs> How was it? Wonderful, wonderful. It really was? Sure. But what? What's that? Sand. Naturally. Now. What's that? Water. Water! Sweet! Hey, Lou, when you get through playing, I'll be asleep behind the rock. Go ahead, have a good time. It ain't sand. It ain't sand. This is real water. I almost showed you the whole movie, right? But uh, I do just love Emma Costello. In many ways, that portrays my life before finding Jesus. For years, I stumbled around with this thirst in my soul, but no matter what I tried, I still stayed thirsty. Everything was a mirage. I thought I needed to be popular, but that was a mirage. I tried girls and partying, but that was a mirage. I tried sport, that was a mirage. I, I tried drugs and alcohol, it's just a mirage. And I kept jumping into whatever I was looking at for the secret of life, but because it's a mirage, I just stayed thirsty of soul. But then I found Jesus, or better even said, Jesus found me. And it wasn't a mirage. Jesus was real. Jesus was the water. He said, the water that you have that you'll never want to drink from again. Jesus satisfies. Jesus was what was promised. And I felt secure. And I felt loved. And I felt what it, why I was meant to be alive. I felt I'd found the reason. And in every sense of the word, I literally became born again. I went from one life to another life. But I found to keep the flow going, I needed to continue to dig wells and also to keep those wells free of dirt, whether I put the dirt in, whether time put the dirt in or whether other people had put the dirt in. And just 
As Isaac's life moved, my life kept on moving. And each time Isaac moved, he had to dig a new well. And for us to live in a fresh supply of what God is doing, we have to continually dig new wells in God so that we are living on a fresh supply of water and not yesterday's supply of water. Each time we move on in a stage of life, we need to dig a fresh well. One of the foundational truths that I completely believe in, and if you talk to my staff and you talk to anyone that I've had anything to do with, I always tell them, if you are going into a new area, if you're going to be doing something new, you need to actually create uh, and consecrate that to the Lord. You actually need to dig a well through that. So whether you do a fast, whether you have a particular time of prayer, take a course of study, a change of behaviour or routine, or whether even in giving a sacrificial offering, there is always something of action that says, I consecrate this new place, this new time in my life, the new area of my life to the will of God and what God wants. It's the digging of a well. So my first well was the well of salvation, the well that gave me the taste of God. Like Abbott jumping into that water, it was just like, water, this is what I've been looking for. This is real. There's, there's no mirages. It's not like, is this okay? No, it's water. It satisfied my soul. I tasted and saw that the Lord was good. And all that did was, well, I want more. You know, that water from that well was the sweetest water I've ever tasted. And it's the well that will stay with me into eternity, the well of meeting Jesus Christ. But then I grew up a little bit in God and I had to go to Bible college. Right? And so I went to Bible college and that meant digging another well. I, I had to get through the discipline of study and a routine and a commitment. I, I had to learn to deal with people. Now, you've got to remember, I came from a very working class sort of background and, and all of these things and wearing really tight jeans and, and, and it was just how I lived. And I had a girlfriend who was kind of on the better side of town. She was a uh, hairdresser and, you know, and I just, she was on a better side of town and it was our first date. I, I took her to a concert of some sort. I can't remember who it was because I was just thinking about her. And so I'm going to take this Christian girl out. It's going to be nice. And so because I am the kind of king of fashion and I knew what I was doing, I wore socks and thongs. And I thought I'd done really well because my sock colour matched my shirt colour. I actually worked out and then the guy I was living with said, did you just take a bath in aftershave, right? Because I'd put so much aftershave on. And she was taking some of her friends from her work to meet her new boyfriend and he's wearing socks and thongs. There was a lot of things I needed to learn at Bible college. And even though I learned a lot about the Bible, most of what I learned at Bible college was just dealing with people. Dealing with people on a consistent basis, seeing those same people every single day and dealing with all of their furballs and all of the things that they're wrong with that I thought was wrong with them, right? And, and so that was a, a period in my life and the well that I dug provided me the skills to be a people person, to be able to deal with all sorts of people, to get over myself 
and to actually prefer others, to love people more than love process, that, that being right was actually overrated if it meant that there was going to be a wall between myself and someone else. Then I had to dig a well in my work life. There was a well that I had to do and dig so that I could work. Now, before I was a Christian, I'd never worked. I'd been on the dole for years, right? And, and I would have been a terrible worker anyway, right? Because I had no work ethic. I just felt entitled to everything. And just because, I don't know, i got brown eyes, you should pay me twice as much, right? Not about the work. I just, I had no work ethic. So in my work life, I had to learn how to work. God wants us to work. In all work, hard work, there is a profit. It's one of the things of life. If we don't work hard, this ain't just going to fall out the sky because you're a nice person. Working hard is one of the foundational things of life. And I lived with an entitled attitude. And, and, and I had to become an employee that worked, that worked hard. I needed to be an employee who added to the place where I was working. I needed to be an employee who reflected Jesus and his ways. And that well that I dug needed to sustain me through all of that. And that well provided me with a work ethic, an attitude that I work for God and not for man, that it is God who pays me and not the job who pays me. It taught me to deal with idiots, right? And that was very good. It taught me to work when it's unfair. It taught me to be a light in the darkness. It, it taught me to keep a sweet attitude. It, it taught me to understand that my faith is 24-7 and not just on a Sunday. That well was very sustaining. Then I needed to dig a well in my ministry life. You know, I was hardly just looking after my own life and all of a sudden I've got to look after a life group. And so I had to dig a well of ministry. And then I started running one life crew and then I ran another area of the church and then I ran six life groups plus I was doing my work and then I came on part-time at church and eventually full-time with ever-increasing responsibility. That well actually became my life and it's a well that I still need to dig. That well taught me about God and his church. It taught me about the kingdom of God. That well showed me what was really of value in life, and that's the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of Mark. That well has provided me with lifelong friends and some of the greatest experiences of my life. It showed me the love and the faithfulness of God. It showed me that, that my God was abundant and that it's His promises that activate heaven and keep me from sin, not just because I have to, it's his promises and going after those things that activates heaven in my life. It showed me that it was the kingdom that was worth pursuing and not my own kingdom that was worth pursuing. Then I got married. Man, big well for that. I could barely manage my own life and now I needed to lead someone else. To be a contributor to a marriage, not just a taker. To be in the place where I could lead and priest and protect my home. And that well gave me my greatest companion, my greatest ally and my one true love. It's a well that I'm very, very grateful for. You know, we, as you know, I just recently went on holidays and we were with each other literally 24-7. Like, and I just loved it. Right? I, you know, we've been married 27 years and I just love my wife. I'm just glad that I'm married to my wife. I, I, I love her. She's been such a sustaining well. 
Everything in my life is better because of Nina. And it's been a well that has just given and given and given. And, and it's a well that I'm very, very grateful for. Then I had kids. Big well needed for that one. You got to deal with the pressures of work. You got to deal with the pressures of marriage. You got to deal with the pressures of a mortgage. And you got to be there, present for these three completely dependent kids who, when they're early, they don't think you can do anything wrong. When they're kids, they just think they're like a dog. They just love you all the time, no matter what you've done. Right? They just love you. Right? And, and, and the pressure of that. And, and knowing your own inadequacies and wondering whether your inadequacies, that was one of my biggest things, wondering whether my inadequacies were going to ruin their lives. And it was such a big deal to me because I know who I am. And I'm sitting there going, I can't have my inadequacies, my furbles, my failures, the person that I am ruin their lives. It's not fair on them. It's not fair on them. And, and that was a big deal to me. I was scared to parent my kids because I just thought I'd ruin them. And yet God gave me a well for that, that I was able to dig from. That well made me realise that my life is not my own. That well has given me a fact that I have a legacy, that a good man will leave an inheritance to his children's children, not just a, a money inheritance, but a life inheritance, a, a who I am inheritance. I, I want to be able to, when I eventually have grandchildren, right, like one in the next century, right? So, uh, you know, like I want to be a, a blessing to my children's children. It, it taught me humility because I had to ask forgiveness for the times when I just messed up. I'm supposed to be this role model and yet I just messed up. I, I just acted out of this. I just acted out of selfishness. I just acted out of anger. I just acted out of reaction. And, and, and I've got to say, in humbleness, I'm sorry, Dad messed up. Dad acted wrongly there. And, and ask for forgiveness of the ones that I'm supposed to be leading. Exactly that. That will taught me this humility. Then I moved my whole family to Queensland. As 48 years old, you pretty much kind of know what your life's supposed to be doing when you're 48 years old. And as a young person, he, that's who moves his family. But I'd been only in one church. And here's God telling me it's time to go to another church, start to come to Queensland, move everything you know. 48 years old, only living in one state. I remember saying to Nina, well, if it doesn't work out, we can go back. All right? Someone will give us a job. And I made this decision, if the church like, loses 100 people in the first year, then I'll just go back to Adelaide. There was a whole lot of people who wanted to come with us to Adelaide, from, from Adelaide to, uh, to Brisbane. And I stopped them. I said, no, don't come. Because if we go back, then you're stuck here in Brisbane. Now I wish I should have asked them all. <laughs> all right? But uh, <laughs> all right, so it would have been. But look who God's given me. You know, like I look at our summit, I look at all the different things, I look at all the people that God has brought to the church and I go, God, I'd, they can all stay in Adelaide, bless that church because God's given me like a, an abundance of great people. You know, you need to dig a well when you become the senior pastor of a church because in the end, the buck stops with you. For all of my life, I, I'd had a lot of authority and in many ways probably looked after more people and had authority over more people being in a larger church, in a larger setting than I've ever been here at a merge. But in the end, there was someone else where the buck stopped. There was always a senior pastor I could go to. There was always someone else that, that I could get my encouragement from. 
that I could get my answers from. If it didn't work, I could blame him, right? Like so, uh, <laughs> right? Like, like there was always someone else. But when you're the senior pastor, it, 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 it sits on you. I remember coming to our very first Christmas production rehearsal and uh, going like, they're all waiting for me to tell them what to do. They're all waiting for me and get the answers. Do you like this? Do you want that? Should we do this? Should we do that? Whereas I, I, I was used to, someone else had those answers. I was just the one telling you you're doing a great job. You need a deep well when it's governance that comes on your life because it's not about you. It's about other people. I'm not only responsible for my walk with God and where God's developing and taking me. Now I've got a whole staff. And didn't our staff do well during our summer? Come on, let's give them a hand. We have got great staff. We have got great staff. And they just make my life easy. I, I had the easiest summer in the world. It was unbelievable. I turn up, someone's giving me a coffee, right? Like I sit down in my office, people come and talk to me. I just walk around. I did nothing. I, I, we should do summer all the time. It was amazing, right? It was just great. But, you know, you think about it. I, I'm, I, I want them to reach their purposes in God. Someone believed in me. Someone gave me opportunity. And now I have that capacity and a, a opportunity to do that for other people. And, and, and that's a... That's a responsibility that I take very seriously. But you know, like the Bible tells me that for the people of Emerge Church, one day I'm going to have to give an account. That's responsibility. That's responsibility. One day God's going to ask me about you. Some are going to say, well, I've got some things to tell God. (laughs) The Bible tells us that the church is built upon the apostles and the prophets, sent by a call of God and and, and by the word of God. It's not so much about the position, it's about what they do. The, the, the apostle means sent one. It's the call of God, that you're sent by God. God sent me to Queensland. It wasn't Mark's idea or someone else's idea. It wasn't the board's idea. God sent me and God has me to be the senior pastor. And as soon as God says no, then someone else can be the senior pastor. But right now he's saying I am. And then there's the word of the Lord. What is God saying to us? That's a big pressure. In this year, this, just this week, I felt God speak to you about... Next year, put some things in my heart, a word for next year. It's going to be a good year. I won't tell you now, even though I want to. All right, so, so you need to be able to understand. I need to have a well so I can understand the call of God and hear the voice of God. You see, the wells you dig provide you with what you haven't got. You can bring some things in from the last place that you were into the new place where God is sending you But that in itself won't be enough for you to prosper in the land that you're in. You're going to have to dig a new well and get something fresh from God to be able to do what it is that God is leading you to. And that's where I found myself last Saturday night, just around there somewhere, where God is speaking to me and saying, it's time to dig again. I come to a place where I thought, I'm 60, I know where I'm going, I know what I'm doing, I've got a plan for the next five to seven years, I know what's going to happen. And all my fastings and the prayers that I've prayed over the years are going to sustain me to that. But God is saying, I've showed you the land, but you haven't dug a fresh well for that land. So I know where I'm going, I know what God wants for me, but I'm not going to be able to achieve it and do it based on the wells that I've dug in the past. I've got to dig fresh wells. I've got to dig again. 
Now, when you've done as much digging as I have in the spiritual realm, and that's not to boast, I'm not trying to boast, but you know it's hard work. You know it's not easy. You know, right now, councils come around with this truck that just kind of like blows holes, right? And, and it's so easy. But hole digging is hard. Well digging is hard. It's, it's hard work. And I go, I don't know. Let the young people do that. You dig the wells. When I was young, I fasted for so often. I fasted regularly from one week to another. I fasted three weeks at a time. I, I fasted one day a week for 15 years. I, I've dug the wells. I've had those times of prayer, praying through the night for a whole night for something to happen. I've done those things. And so I kind of go, those wells are good and they got me somewhere. Those wells are right in different offerings and different things. I dug the well. I can live off that well now. That well has got me to where I am. I can live on it now. And God's saying, no, I want you to dig again. I want you to dig again. I want you to dig again. Digging the wells up to now has been very good. They've been excellent wells. But I need new ones. It's hard. It's difficult. And it always requires a measure of effort and a measure of sacrifice. I don't like doing physical labor. I really hate it. As I say, these hands are praying, not for digging, right? And uh, even this week, you know, we had Tori's party, so Nina asked me if I could kind of gurney the back area of our house. Right, gurney's heavy, I've got to work out the electric thing and the hose thing, and then that falls off, and then the cord breaks off, and, and it's just like heavy pulling it around. And so I have to work myself into it. I have to sit there and go, okay, Nina wants me to do this, right? I, it's just a, it's never going to be, let me just gurney the back door. No, no, I have to work my way into it. Our hedges need to be done, right, every three to four months, and it's a big job. I have to get up on ladders and do all this stuff, and, and, and it's a big job. And I've already scheduled when I'm going to do that. Because if Nina just woke up tomorrow and said, let's do the hedges, I go, no, I'm not doing anything. I'm sleeping. I'm watching a movie. Right? Like, I'm not doing anything, but I know the job needs to be done. So I plan it. I, I think about it. And that's how we need to be with our spiritual wells, to just sit there and go, yeah, I think I'll fast today. I think I'll, I'll, uh, it, it needs to be something that's planned. It needs to be something that's scheduled. It needs to be something that's thought about. Don't just willy-nilly go and dig a well because you'll end in failure. When I used to fast, sometimes I go, oh, I'm going to fast today. I never even make it until lunchtime. I can't. I get hungry. I'm hungry at 10 o'clock as if I hadn't eaten for five days. Right? It's just this weird thing. But if I schedule it and I know that I'm going to do it and I set my mind to it, I'll, I'll just fast and nothing will make me not fast. Right? You've got to actually do it. So I want to ask you a question. Today, is the Holy Spirit nudging you about digging a well? Is the Holy Spirit say, hey, I, I, it's time for you to dig something fresh for where I'm taking you in? And then what is your plan for that well digging? What are you going to do to see that well dug? Will it be a fast? Will it be a dedicated or specific time of prayer? Will it be a dedicated or specific time of study? Will it be a dedicated offering, giving something that's actually going to cost you something? I find it very interesting that in the Old Testament when it talked about the giving of an offering, it always want a lamb without blemish or, or a ram that was able to, to reproduce. 
Because what you're doing is that like you give any old ram that wasn't able to reproduce anymore, but God is saying, no, I want you to give a ram that can reproduce because I want you to give something that is your future, that is, that is something that says something about your tomorrow, that says, I trust you. And that's why many times in doing something, God will say, I want you to give an offering. Something's going to hurt you a little bit. And by the way, thank, I want to thank everyone for your amazing giving in our last provision for the vision offering. It's almost 150000 now, so well done. But what happens is that like God's saying, I want you to give something of your future. I guarantee you, and some of you, when you gave in the provision for the vision offering, go, I don't really want to give that much. That, God, that, that's a bit more than what I was thinking. Come on, God. Like, because God's saying, no, give that offering. It's like saying, I put my trust in you. It's, a, it's, it's an actually excellent, it's an actually excellent kind of like uh, area of digging a well. Is it the intentional, it's the intentional digging of a well that will bring the purposes of God to bear in your life. And that's where it comes down to. The digging of a well shows me your intention. See, your devotions, if you don't have devotions, you're really just living on Sunday to Sunday. And so you're really just living from one crisis to the next. When, when a crisis happens, I call on God. It's a habit of going to church. It's nice. It's good. But there's no growth in it. Your devotions keep you where you're at. They keep you where you're going. They keep you loving God. They keep you in a good spot. But if you want to go further... If you want to have what God has for you, you've got to dig a well. That's, that's, that's the only way. The, the well digging is about tomorrow. Your devotion is about today. Your well digging is about tomorrow. And, and it tells me those that are really serious in their Christian walk will always dig a, wall, a, a well because God's speaking to them in their devotions. God's speaking them to their today, but he's always talking about because he's the God of a future and the God of a hope. And he's speaking about those different things. It shows you that you're serious. You want to see your children come back to the Lord. You want to see something happen. You're saying, God, I'm going to dig a well. It's got to sustain me through this. I'm going, to, I'm going to dig a well. I'm going to be intentional and purposeful and deliberate about pursuing a godly future and a godly outcome. And that's what I feel. God's speaking to me saying, Mark, you've been on this road a long time. It's my 40th year as a Christian. You've been on the road a long time. You, you've dug some wells. You, you've, you've got some achievements. You've done some little things. You know, that's nice. But that's yesterday. There's still tomorrow for you. There's still something that I've got for you. You still need to start to do these different things. And so I just, I want to encourage you today to dig a well. I want the musicians to come. See, if you don't dig fresh wells, there will come a stalness to your walk with God. One of the questions I ask, and if I've asked you this in the past, uh, I'm about to expose myself. But I often ask people, so what's God speaking to you about at the moment? And I can gender where someone's at generally from that answer. And if they can't really give me an answer, that's always a sign of something. If they talk to me about something that you know, three years ago, God spoke to me about this, or they, spoke, or they speak to me about a particular incident. It tells me, okay, there, there, there needs some encouragement in their walk with the Lord. Right? Now God is consistently just speaking to us, encouraging us, doing those different things. And so when we're digging wells, there's always fresh water. There's always something. See, when a staleness comes in, 
Jesus said, he goes, I scattered seed. Some fills among the thorns. It falls amongst the thorns and, and it grows up and, and the thorns choke the word. And when Jesus explains that, he says, the desire for riches, the desire for other things enter in and they choke the word. You can tell you haven't been digging and or drinking from the well of freshness when the desire for riches, the desire for other things enter in and they choke that desire that you once had for the things of God. What happens if you don't dig new wells? You end up digging from shallow springs instead of deep wells. When you drink from shallow springs, there's far more ability for infection or bacteria to get in. There's something that's just not quite right, that's not going to actually help you. It's much easier for a shallow kind of spring to be polluted than for a deep well. Or worse still, like Amon Costello in our movie clip that we just saw, we keep going after mirages. Instead of going after Jesus, I'm going after that. So going after Jesus, I'm going after that. And in COVID, so many mirages appeared where people started to go over. Even as a believer, you can think that it's other things that'll kind of satisfy you. I know I, I, I drunk from that well of Jesus, but that's not really helping me right now. Uh, that, that well of Jesus was good when I got saved. Oh, oh that was sweet. That was nice. I'm thank you, God, for salvation. But it, it's not really helping me in my words. Not really, it's, it's not really helping me in my, in my job, in my marriage. It's not really helping me. In my, I, I need something else. When the answer is always in that well, and once again, finding that fresh water for whatever it is that you're going through, it's time to dig a well again. I can tell, well, I, I, I can sense the Holy Spirit doing something right now. He's just, he's doing something. Right. See, you can know all the news, watch every news thing there is, CNN, Fox, Channel 7, Channel 10, Channel 2, all the different news. It won't satisfy you. It just ends up terrifying you. You have the best education, learn everything there is, but it just leaves you judgmental. You can have money and houses and stuff. They won't satisfy. It, just want, it leaves you wanting more. Relationships don't completely satisfy you no matter how good they are because you're actually built to have a relationship with God. That's the, in the design. And until you have that relationship with God, all the other things are a little bit awry anyway. Wanting what others have won't satisfy you because that's just an inexhaustible pit. I want to tell you this morning, only Jesus isn't a mirage. And in seeking his kingdom first, that's when everything else happens. See, I spoke two weeks ago or three weeks ago on seeking the kingdom first. This is like part two. To be honest, this message started as just a little bit of a talk about the summit. I was actually going to speak on Psalm 19. Had it all kind of like prepared. And then as a little intro to my sermon, I was going to talk about the summit and digging a well. And this way this summit this is where this message came from. I believe it's prophetic for our church. I believe it's prophetic for a number of people in this place. That there's been a staleness. And that's not a, it's not a rebuke. God spoke it to me. I think I'm doing all right. You, you know what I'm saying? Like God's speaking to me. And, and I know that God is, is just encouraging people in this place. It's time to dig again. It's time to dig again. Ooh.